Daddy's mic. Mummy's mic. They say the big smoke's where the money's at And this isn't a relapse when I say you wanna talk it out You can sit back and laugh at the fact it's money I lack But my strive to survive has become a knack Okay, welcome everybody to Mike with Mike podcast So uh, this episode is actually the man behind the mic And I've got my lovely co-host and wife on with me, Caitlin, hello Yes, hello, how are you going? So thank you so much for jumping on but also the idea of doing this as well So I'm sure everyone out there has got that person at home who's a sounding board that we run ideas by and Caitlin said that you can't just talk to other people about their story, you need to share your own story as well. So We want them to know who you are as well. Exactly. I've got her on today to help me tell my story. So yes. thank you very much and I think you've got some questions if you want to get started. I do. First one, just to get a little bit of your background story, is what was your childhood like? My childhood was good. Yeah, if I, go, if I go back, I moved around a lot. I lived in lots of towns, but lived predominantly in Queensland. Mm-hmm. But I've, I think I've lived in every every city and town along the East Coast, pretty much, of, of Queensland growing up. So grew up in a single-parent family for most of my life. Mum's a, I'm a school teacher. Yeah. Dad was a fisherman. So older brother, Chris, three years older than me, my, um, my little big bro. And I've got a younger sister, Nerissa, who's six years younger as well. So childhood was good. Um you know, like most most kids, I think, you know, in hindsight, you look back now and you go, probably didn't have all those things. But as a kid, you don't really notice that, you know, it's yeah, more about yeah. the love and the family. And I think mum did an amazing job at raising us, you know, for the time that I spent with mum, which was a big portion of it. And then I spent a few years at, off at boarding school. Um, after me, my brother actually had a really, <laughs> had a really bad fight. We used to blew quite a bit when we were in our teenage years. So I... Um, Doesn't sound like you too. Yeah, well, now we're actually really good. He's we're best. Good now, we're, good, yeah. we're good. We're good. But um, I think you know, if anyone's out there's got a, probably a sibling that's of close of age. Um, we used to fight a lot, and I think the uh, the point of the, the breaking point for mum was when I actually threw a knife at my brother. Thankfully, I didn't hit him, but uh, he hit some other stuff and broke some stuff. And I think she'd had enough, and it was the point where she called dad and said, "You've got to move. I'm sending Mike up to live with you." And I went to boarding school for a few years, and then he went off to agricultural college actually up in Townsville. I didn't see him for a few years there. So did he get, um, did she, I don't know what wording to use, and <laughs> shift away too? Like what, like did yeah. she well, funny enough, out as well? Yeah, well funny enough, I obviously mentioned this in our, in our wedding speech, right? I was like, yeah. being a parent myself, it's it's very hard, you know, I think the pressures of being a parent, you want the best for your kids. And yeah. You always want your kids to be around, but for her to send not just me, but also Chris away and he went off, uh, to live with his grandparents and went to agricultural college in Townsville yeah. and I went to live with dad and looking back now it was the right decision but I can only imagine how hard that would be you know being a single parent with three kids and sending two of them away um, yeah. where was she living at the time we're in Gladstone okay yeah so we, we just moved to Gladstone um, when mum and dad split up she only just actually started university so yeah. she was a single parent with with three kids studying yeah full-time and working full-time to support our household and you, you don't know it as a you know as a kid but looking back now I'm like man there must have been there's times where it was really tough you know for, for her um, oh definitely with that on your plate yeah you know yeah. and her first posting was actually up in up in Boyne Island as a, as a teacher so she taught at Boyne Island primary school and then she moved into Gladstone as well so yeah. we were living in Gladstone at the at the time when all this had happened and I'd just start year eight so I got shipped off to boarding school and it was a boarding school from eight to eleven and then um came back for, for Easter holidays in at, in grade 11 and knew that I didn't probably want to go the route that school was pushing, which was, um, it was a private school, it was a well-known school and, and my dad actually paid a lot to send me there as, as a boarder. He had, I just knew that I didn't want to 
go down that route. Like university yeah. wasn't for me. I was wasn't that I was a bad student or I got it's bad grades. Yeah, I just yeah. I just didn't want want to go that route. So uh, I'd come back for school uh, school holidays and, and kind of exp- spoke to mum about that. And she goes, "Well, there's plenty of trades around Gladstone. Like you know, the other option is you go and get a trade." So that's what I did. I came to Gladi and did some vocational training programs whilst at school, kind of part time, and then um, entered the workforce. You know, at the start of year twelve, dropped out of school, so I never finished high school. In my I'm a high school dropout. <laughs> and you spent a lot of time on a fishing boat, though, too. Your dad was a... Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was kind of... Yeah, it was great, you know. It's funny, like... And I think a lot of people out there, if they've got parents that run a business and they've been involved in the business growing up as kids, it's probably the last thing you want to do. And definitely, for me, a fisherman, I didn't want to be one. But as a kid and the experiences you got were were, were amazing, you know, like... See, that's what I would have had if I was your mum, the anxiety attacks over. Yeah, well, I remember... Trawler for how many weeks? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the most I'd spent was a school holiday, uh, Christmas holidays. I'd, I'd been out there for eight weeks. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, well, there was a rule. Uh, I couldn't go on the boat. I always wanted to go on the boat. Mum and dad were still together when we were living in Bundaberg and I wanted to go out in the, on the boat for school holidays and I'd just started school and dad said, once you can swim across the Burnett River, so anyone that's been to Bundaberg, the, the river that you drive over going through Bundy, he said, once you can swim across that and back, Oh you were able to go out the boat, so I um, took my shirt off and jumped over straight over <laughs> the side, and off I swam there and back. So thankfully, the tide wasn't too strong that day, oh, yeah. and I was going out the boat, and that was really fun. Like as a kid, you you, you loved that stuff, you know, you loved going fishing and um, some places that people would probably pay a shitload of money yeah. to go and experience. Places that don't really get fished that much compared to places close to the coast it was amazing as a kid. Like loved it, but tough job, fishermen out there. If anyone knows any people that are fishermen, like lonely and you know boats aren't that big and uh the sea can get pretty rough at times so yeah that would be the scariest part yeah there's been some some hairy moments there's a time when we got stuck at the swains off off gladstone off, off the coast there and um a cyclone had come through oh my god and that was yeah that was scary so yeah <laughs> jesus christ well what was your first real job then first real job was stacking shelves at big w oh yeah, probably. First job that was like a legitimate job, but I used to work for dad on the boat. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd he had a little little um things for me to do to get paid. So there was a time where he was like we were catching scallops at the time, we we're trawling for scallops and he said, Any scallops that you shucked yourself at sea, um, the little bits of white meat that scallops um that are inside scallops, he goes, Whatever you can you can shuck yourself, you can keep and we can sell when we get back and that was kind of the first time I'd ever been paid and <laughs> Over two weeks, I shucked 20 kilos of scallop meat and sold oh it for 20 God. bucks a kilo. So I made 400 bucks that trip. So that was kind of like my first time. How old were you then? Made money. I think I was 12. Oh my goodness. Yeah, $400 so, for a 12 year old. Yeah, it was it was huge. <laughs> and then I had little things where I used to make money. Like we, we lived near the golf course in Gladstone and we used to go swimming in the ponds and collecting the golf balls and then res- gross. Yeah, pretty gross now. Everyone <laughs> <laughs> knows Police Creek. Yeah. Um, but swimming in the ponds and collecting the golf balls and then reselling them. To the players that they'd go around to get a bit of money to go to the shop and buy some bags of lollies and things like that. So there's always little things that we did to try and so make. You're always an entrepreneur. Yeah, you know, I think you make the story fit. But um, it, uh, there's little things you look back on that we did to, to kind of make some money. And but my first ever real job, I think, yeah, was night fill at Big W's to stack shelves. Yeah. After hours, and then the job after that was I picked up a labouring job in Gladstone. Construction. In construction, yeah. Which and is then a lot of what a lot of people do in Gladstone. Yeah, that I, that I kind of went into and then I did that for a period of time and, uh, you know, started and stopped a, a boiler making apprenticeship and drove a bit of machinery for a while there before um, getting the offer to come down and to play Briz- play footy in Brizzy. Yeah. Yeah. So what kind of led you into opening your own business? Oh, it just kind of happened. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, like, 
you're right. I go, do, do you just, you know, some people, you know, you think you, you probably make the story fit the narrative. But looking back now, I go, I, I think I always had that. Well, it's like that everything happens for a reason. Yeah, those kind of entrepreneurial kind of flares. So fortunate enough for me, I was um, I was pretty good at sport. I, I, I was a horrible employee. Like I, I didn't really like construction, but it was just kind of what everybody did. You know, growing up in Gladstone, it's kind of where everyone goes. And I really enjoyed mateship of footy. I really enjoyed it and was just pretty good at it naturally. So I got an offer to come down to Brisbane and, and play footy. And I was 22 at the time and I just took it. And I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna do this, and then didn't really work a whole lot. Did a few odd jobs here and there in in Brizzy, and was still playing footy. I, but I just knew that I didn't oh, like. I didn't want to be a professional football player. No, you always just loved it. You yeah, just... I just really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the mateship, the camaraderie. Even now we'll go past football field. You'll sniff the grass. Yeah, <laughs> not sniff all the, the grass. All the footy fans will like... know that. The footy players yeah. out there like. Cut grass, cut grass game, and yeah. deep heat. Oh, gets a gets a it's it's a blood going. But then I remember <laughs> I remember all the injuries I had. So the old body, you know, the old story. You know what could have been, right? So, um, but yeah, I played footy, and then a year after playing footy, I didn't know what I'd do. I just didn't know I wanted. To, I knew I didn't want to go back to construction, and I figured if I could stay around football, that would be great. Yeah. So that was kind of my my plan. And if I there's a saying they say if you can't play, if you can't play your teacher, you can't play your coach, right? So I was like, oh well, I'll get involved in strength conditioning and coaching. So. I think you're. I don't know if you remember, but I was actually looking to. I was. I was looking to go. Yeah. So we were together at this point. Yeah. yeah. So um, <laughs> I was looking to go study exercise science. Was my my plan? Yeah. yeah I was going to do a cert three and four in fitness, which would qualify for uh, a bridging course to go to university, and I was going to be a PT. Yeah. Kind of part time and and, and go then st- you also I think because you had a lot of physio in your fitness days. In your yeah. Days. So I was like, maybe there's a bit of niche helping athletes come back from injuries. Yeah. I'd play myself, and I knew that was what that was like. So that was kind of my plan, and you know everything happens for for a reason. But I um was doing the Cert 3 and 4 in fitness and they got to like the, the selling part of it and the recommendation was to get some customer service or sales experience. So off I went to try and do that and one thing led to another and I picked up a job in direct selling. So yeah, and I, I planned to be there. I remember having the conversation with the director of the company who's, who's Josh and the plan was to kind of be around for like three months. That was kind of my, my plan because that's when footy was going to be starting again and, and university was going to be kicking off and all those things and Three months turned into three years, so I kind of found a love for it. Is that how long you were doing it before you opened up your own? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I worked for, for Josh for, th- for three years and started off at, you know, kind of at the bottom, entry-level sales, and picked up that relatively quickly and then had a real knack for coaching and training other people. And I think I got that from sport. Like there's a lot of transferable leadership skills that people learn in, in sport, and I'd been fortunate enough to be a captain of a few teams and things growing up throughout the years and yeah. stuff like that. So I kind of knew what it took to to lead and, and build confidence in people and build confidence in others and um, you know give people feedback that's not not too critical and going to you know kill their kill their morale and all these things. So I had a bit of a knack for for teaching and training people. So I was managing sales teams and campaigns and then was brought in behind the scenes to get involved in kind of like the recruitment and onboarding and company company operations and all that sort of stuff. And after three years, I got presented an opportunity to go start my own company and, and sign a contract to have my own clients and things like that. So yeah, that was just kind of how it, how it happened, you know, and I think, I think sales grooms people for that really well because it's, you know, it's a performance-based industry. Yeah. You know, I, was, I was getting paid 100% on performance. So if I didn't do well, I didn't get paid. So. I, know, I, remember, I remember it freaked me out when you first come home. I'm going to do a commission. Yeah, I'm going to go do sales and get paid on 100% <laughs> commission. You're like, what? So, um, you know, I still remember mum, mum, the conversation with mum as well. So uh, she's like, <laughs> Sounds like a scam. Don't do it. <laughs> I think I now, feel like that's what everyone kind of just 
yeah, yeah. it comes from a place of love. Yeah. Yeah, to be honest, if, if Lila came back, you know, in, in, in 16 years and says, I'm going to do sales on 100% commission, I'd probably say the same thing. So, because um, you don't want to see him get hurt. Yeah. You know, that's what parents' um, objectives are. I so. feel like it would be very, because you'd get told no a lot. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A few hundred times a day. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, well, what? <laughs> yeah, so... But yeah, then I ran my own company, obviously in direct selling for, for the last three years and I've also ventured into other industries as well with other businesses as well. So that's kind of been the been the strategy of, of where I've gone from there. Yeah. And then we're here on the podcast. So what made you want to do this? It's been oh, on your goals list for a while now. It has definitely. Yeah, it's something that I've always kind of wanted to do. It was funny, I... Um, <laughs> Jamie and John's comments when we launched and they're like, I remember we were in Fiji last year. I still year. remember we were walking down that Fiji road after Yeah, then. so, yeah, there's, there's probably a few things that have led into it. I've, you know, I've obviously changed a lot in the last 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, so, which is pretty much, you know, as long as you've known me, so you've probably seen all this trans- transformation. I've known you 11. Okay, 11 years. <laughs> but, you know, the man I am today versus the, the boy you met are very, very different. And yeah, completely. You've obviously played a big part in that and, and also a few other people as well and, Obviously, my, my journey has, has helped with that and yeah. the personal growth and a lot of the stuff that I've learned, it's just stuff that I wasn't aware of. Like it wasn't that it's not stuff that's out there and it's available for people, um, whether it's, you know, uh, insights, thought processes, uh, different frameworks and strategies and stuff like that to, to kind of help yourself and improve yourself. And yeah. Which I find you're always doing, you're always... you're always trying to improve yourself somehow. Yeah. Well, one of the big things that I've learned in business, like... And it's and it's relevant for everybody, but that the better you get, the better your business does, right? Yeah. And but it's it's the same in everything. The better yeah, you, I was gonna say, I feel like that would work. Yeah. So I've, yeah, the concept people call it personal development or self development, which yeah. you know can be a little bit cliche and, and and things like that. But for me, that was a huge huge part of my growth and, and and kind of what led me to here. And also just some feedback that I've got, like conversations that I've had privately with friends and, and people I'm not even that, that friendly with but through direct messaging on social media and stuff like that and I just think I've got some good value to add to people but also the fact that there's people out there with lots of knowledge yeah. and you don't have to go and learn all the lessons ourselves like we can learn from these people but we need to have the conversations. so be able to put that in a forum that's accessible for everybody is something that I've always wanted to, to do and it also helps me create some accountability to continue to develop myself you yeah. know and not have to go and learn the hard way or learn the lessons myself but actually go find people with experience in other areas and it's it's just something that i've always you know since starting a starting a business i've always been focused on which is you know figure out what you want find someone else that has it figure out how they did it and copy like so rather than going have to go and try and learn all the mistakes yeah go into uncharted uncharted waters like and and, and make the same mistakes they have like you can you can learn pretty quickly from these people so yeah. that was that was a concept to serve and help other people and, and get these ideas out there but also to continue to find them myself. So there's a bit of selfishness out there, but also a bit of giving back. Oh, that's good though. But like what, I know you're a big Game of Thrones fan. <laughs> yeah. But I'm sure that's not why it's called Weathering Winter, this first <laughs> miniseries. Yeah, what winter, is the whole, yeah. ex, like can you explain the whole Weathering Winter? Yeah, well, I think, you know, obviously if I wasn't going to, if I was going to start the podcast, it, it kind of had to be now. Yeah. Um, I ne- it's a I good th- time to start. Yeah, well, it's on trend, right? Like everyone's starting a side hustle at the moment, so yeah. it's um it's very easy to go and go and do it yourself, with with a lack of judgment, yeah, from other people because it's pretty popular to do it at the moment. So, if anyone out there wants to do something, it doesn't need to be a podcast, but whoever wants to do something like their own side hustle, I think now's a great time to go and do it. But the, the weathering winter concept was more built around the economy and and business owners as well, because as soon as everything happened with what's happening with Corona. 
you know, things are seeming a little bit more optimistic at the moment, but the economic impact is probably only really just begun for businesses because things have been pretty steady with everything that's happened. But, you know, it's easy with the, uh, you know, all the information that's been put out there and everything that's going on. As a business owner, it's really hard to know where to look. So the concept of Weathering Winter was to have some practical tips, tricks and advice and thought processes for people that run businesses to help them through this time, which which are going to be relevant for everybody. And and the concept of the winter is, well, you know, I've, I've noticed in life there's seasons, yeah, and we all know what the seasons are. They're, you know, winter, spring, summer, autumn, and they tend to be the same every year, right? You Sometimes. What did I miss? I'm just doing <laughs> They... You know, they tend, they tend to be the same every year. They change a little bit, yeah, for how long they go for, but they're going to be the same. And when you understand that, like most things in life, they go in cycles, yeah, and, and, and cycles, you just got to endure them and, and winter won't last forever. Um, you know that spring is going to come and it's the same for people running a business at the moment. It's like, well, things are going to get tough, but, you know, on the other side of it, there's going to be a huge amount of growth. I think every time there's been a economic downturn or a recession, there's been a huge amount of growth on the back of it. And I, I think if you look at, you know, the global financial crisis, which was kind of just when I got into the workforce, actually, it was... I think one of the first times I'd ever been sacked by Rio Tinto when, when that hit. <laughs> On the back of it, the businesses that were built and really took off from that, like that was Facebook, that was Uber, that was Airbnb, all these big companies came out of that, that economic downturn. So um, the concept of weathering winter is the fact that things go through cycles and it's just another stage in the cycle. And, you know, Corona is a crisis at the moment, but it's just another crisis. Like these things happen in sequence and they, they tend to happen. And if you look back through history, it's you know every decade there's something so yeah. it's not gonna not gonna last forever and there's gonna be some opportunities on the other side of it and if you haven't seen it before it's very scary you know if you haven't seen a cycle and you haven't seen it go through it's it's scary because it's uncharted waters for us but it's there it's been done yeah it's been done before but everything happens right like if yeah. you you know the sun goes up and it comes down and it goes back up again like it's very just a, it's just a cycle right and <laughs> yeah imagine if you hadn't seen it before Imagine and you had just seen, it going down. Yeah, who turned off the lights? Like <laughs> you wouldn't know what happened. Or um, if you went to the beach and you'd never seen the tide go out before, you'd be like, "Where is the water going?" And you're like, "No, it's it's going to come back. Just hang out. Like give it a few hours, it'll be back." But if you haven't seen that stuff before, it's really uncommon or unfamiliar. But if you know you look through history, these things are quite repetitive. So it's just about having the right thought processes and tips and tactics to to get through it and you know come through the other side better and stronger and hopefully with more knowledge and more insight. Do you have any ideas of what your series will be after? I'm leaving it pretty open. I've got a few ideas. I've had some people comment already on social media. And they're like, when are you going to do a cooking series? And I'm like... Yes. Oh, I feel yeah. like that would be a bit harder of a, a podcast. A bit harder of a podcast. It might be a vlog, yeah. So in the kitchen with Mike or something like that. So, but yeah, I'm keeping it pretty open. Baked I did with Mike. Baked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everyone's going to think I'm a potter. I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm keeping it pretty open. Just for the fact that I didn't want to pigeonhole myself into into one area because there's lots of different things that I'm interested in. Obviously, yeah. you know, health and fitness plays a big part of my life, personal development, entrepreneurship, being a dad, being a good husband. Yeah. All these things are really important to me, you know, pop culture, sport. Yeah. So I was going to say, where's sport? Where's the footy chat? <laughs> yeah, so there's a few different things I'll get involved in and they'll, they'll probably just be different, different series on different things, you know, so whatever's relevant for people and what they like listening to, they can and... Maybe if they don't like the other stuff, they don't have to or they don't like me talking only about the West Tigers. <laughs> You're a dedicated fan, I'm that's a de- for sure. I'm de- a de- dedicated West Tigers fan, so um, <laughs> this could be our year. This, fingers crossed. You've fingers been saying crossed. that for a little yeah. while. So I did get to watch the replay of the 05 Grand Final just uh, the other week, which is good. So Yeah. Well, speaking about cooking, why did you never pursue that as a career? I, I, yeah, I just never considered it like... 
I love cooking. It's one of my, my favorite things to do. I think my earliest memories. You said I your have. earliest memory ever was you sitting on your grandma's kitchen yeah, bench. Yeah, licking egg beaters. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There's a few like first ever childhood memories. That's one of them. I remember yeah. a birthday cake like outside and like eating it and it was all over my face and I was just having a field day. I can't remember. I don't know how old I would have been. I remember that. I remember sitting at grandma's place licking the, licking the beaters. Like, but cooking's always been a big big part of my life and it's something that I really, really enjoy. Never sort of thought of it as a career. I just never went into it. I don't know. I don't, it just kind of wasn't an option. I just kind of went into, went into construction and then looking at it now, I just, for me, it's such a release. Yeah. Like if I've had a tough day. That's why I ask because you always say, you know, you've got to follow and do what you love. Yeah. You love cooking. Yeah. You get bored and then you just go for nuts in the kitchen for yeah. ages. But I think if it's if it was attached to a income. Yeah. That you I was. Lose your... Yeah. Well, I think it could like, it could be challenging or it could become resentful towards it if, if things didn't turn out well. Like the restaurant game's hard. I think anyone would want to be a celebrity chef, but it's a small percentage to get there. But for me to go associate my income with, with food and cooking, it could ruin the joy for me. Plus, the hours like people in kitchens work really hard. I know it's probably a good thing you never went into it because then you probably would have would have come home from a big yeah, day and well cooked dinner. They said the plumber has a bad bathroom, right? Like the, the, <laughs> the, the chef never wants to cook. So, but would you ever go? You'd go on like Master Chef or um, yeah, what's the other one? Oh, not the other. You would have gone on the other MKR. one. MKR. Yeah, that one's yeah. too drama for you. You don't like that. Yeah, it was, it's trash. It's reality TV, right? It's My favourite. Yeah, your favourite. <laughs> so, I was going to say trash TV, but yeah. keep it PG for the people. Um, but yeah, I, like one day, hey, maybe. I don't know. I looked at I looked at applying one year, but yeah, the, the commitment was like, they need to be available for 10 months. And I was like, I'm trying to build a business. <laughs> yeah, So that's the reason. In the future, maybe. I, I, if I got to the point where I didn't have to, like it wasn't an income source for me, you know, like you, you didn't have to make money out of it. You know, if I bought myself a job, yeah. like a, um, you know, who knows when we kick Buy back a little bit. Yeah, big block of land down, you know, Ewingsdale or something like that, <laughs> just close to Byron Bay. Have a little cafe, knock out some... If you turn up, you turn up. If you don't, yeah. <laughs> Waves are up. So, yeah. uh, knock out a few eggs, bennies and coffees in the morning and, and cocktails and tapas plates in the evening. Yeah. So, um, oh, don't shop. Cocktails shops, too. You could open up a bar. You're good at cocktails You're as well. Pretty handy at the cocktail making. So, uh, but I just really loves when you come for Christmas. It is. It is. I just really <laughs> love it. Like it's, it's for me. It's it's bringing joy to people, and I get a real thrill out of that. Like that's just kind of how I like to serve people. I like to make them things that they enjoy and they and they love. So, I just haven't considered it to be something that I'd monetize by building a career in it. That's fair enough. Yeah. It's probably good to have hobbies that you love outside of work anyway yeah same as working out like yeah you know the personal you, training you stuff. get a bit angry if you don't work out Me, yeah well it's a release yeah yeah so not angry you don't you're not an angry person but you get you can start to see your tensions yeah i get i get tight, irritated I'm uptight, I'm yeah. yeah so yeah. Uh, my fuse becomes shorter and shorter yeah right? so i think i'm a pretty uh, pretty calm person but yeah you're, if i don't work out i'm not doing something it, shows, it, it, it yeah. takes a while to build up but you're right it doesn't you know it does get there so and i think that's just because i've been active my whole life like sports was such a big part we were training you know always footy training throughout the week and playing footy on the weekends and touch footy during lunch and then left that and i was still playing football and you know then we're coming down to brisbane and we we're training three days four days a week and playing on the weekends and it was just always a constant in my life and you know used to always not, a little since, outlet yeah not yeah. since 19 have been you know going to the gym in some capacity so i just need to have that it's just kind of my my release and my time to zen <laughs> yeah, release the release the tension. <laughs> what do you reckon 
three words used best to describe yourself? Three words to describe myself? Yeah. This is deja vu. I got this on, on a uh, conference call last week. The three words that I used, I used someone who's who's optimistic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sometimes recklessly optimistic, like <laughs> I just believe things will work out. So, know. you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. I think I'm quite pragmatic. I feel like you've told me what that. I have no idea what that. So means. someone who's quite pragmatic is quite quite logical. They don't get too too excited or too down about things. They're kind of it's very much like in the middle. Yeah. Okay. So that you're doing quite a, a logical thinker, which I think you know is, is definitely probably something that helped me in sales. And the third word would would be an ambivert, which is yeah, you're gonna have to need to someone who's one, someone who's both introverted and extroverted. Because I'm you know very insular and and, and kind of like my alone time, you know. If you were to go back to Gladstone for a weekend, I'm pretty happy. Yeah. If you do that, it's not because I don't love oh you. Oh my god, that sounds so mean. Yeah. When you say <laughs> it's not that I don't love you, but it's just the fact that no, I, yeah. I like time to myself. Yeah. Yeah. I need time to myself to think, and, and that's kind of grounding as well. So maybe that in the gym is kind of linked. And then, but someone who's also extroverted as well. Like I need that. I need that people. It, it's 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 a combination of both, and you know both are different. You know, obviously different times, but I'm a, I'm a combination. You couldn't just put me into one one category. So you meet Mike when he's in an extroverted mood, and he's you know happy go Larry and chatting away and talk year off and then other times yeah. you meet me and I seem cold and just not there and it's just my personality <laughs> so, like, I just need five yeah, minutes by myself I promise I'm not bipolar <laughs> <laughs> what do you reckon your employees would use to describe you I reckon they'd say he's a legend <laughs> <laughs> no um, I think that yeah I reckon they'd probably sound pretty good most of the time yeah I think like anything with a boss sometimes there's always going to be disagreements or you know rules or policies that are introduced to the business that maybe they don't agree with or don't like but from the most part i'm pretty obviously involved in the business i'm an you know i'm an owner operator so i'm there every day and i'm involved and i'm running the meetings and catching up with the team and etc etc so they get to see a lot of me yeah yeah, and i'm pretty involved and similar to myself you know i want to offer offer people opportunities to progress and build their own career and that's got to be that's got to be based on merit so you know it's not based on who i get along with the most or who i'm you know, the best mate with or anything like that. It's all based on uh, your productivity and your ability to be able to complete your role at a high level and upskill yeah. yourself. And if you do that, there'll be opportunities for you to progress your own career as well because we all want to grow. So I think for the most part, they'll probably think I'm pretty pretty good and pretty fair. Yeah, you don't really micromanage or anything like that. You... No, or don't, I never liked it, yeah. you know. So I tend to give probably a little bit more leniency to kind of give you a chance to go and figure it out yourself. You know, sometimes it means that you got to, pull people back in and that's just part of business and part of having a job really so yeah. I mean, people aren't meeting the requirements of of a role that's been set out and it's unfortunate but sometimes people aren't maybe as you do throw pretty good christmas parties though yeah we do throw pretty good christmas <laughs> parties so i don't know if i'll be able to go to this year's one but we'll see yeah <laughs> how do you how do you balance that line between employee and employer yeah because yeah yeah, well, the thing is, I think, you know, it's, it's, I think the mistake, you know, I've, I've not even made in the past, I know, like, I just think if you build a good professional relationship, eventually, you're going to build a personal relationship, right? Like, you know, I worked with Josh for three years and continue to work with him as a mentor. Those groomsmen at our wedding. Yeah, so, and he's a, he's a legend on the podcast coming up, which is exciting. So, but it wasn't that way at the start, yeah. you know, it was a, it was a professional relationship that grew into a, a personal one. And that's just because we have lots of things in common and lots of things that we, we, we like. So, yeah, it is, it is obviously a challenge. Um, I think if you prefix a conversation with someone, 
you know, and this is a work conversation and this is a, this is yeah, a personal yeah. combo and even some little things. I've got a few guys that, you know, I hang out with here on the coast and I go, hey, if you want to talk to me as a mate, text me. But if you want to talk to me based on work, um, we've, got a, we've got a program we use called Telegram to chat in. I go, yeah. all our work chats happen in Telegram and all our personal chats happen by text just to kind of separate it so we know yeah. this is a work question. This is a... But I have the same thing with Josh. Like sometimes he'll call me and go, hey, mate, what's going on? And I'm like, oh, mate, not much. Are you? And he goes... Okay, like how's you know how's everything going this week? And like, oh, this you're is like, a, oh, you want to know this how is a work chat? Okay, <laughs> yeah. cool, man. Let me go get the spreadsheets and go run you through it. So, <laughs> like, um, oh, you're just bringing to see how my day is. <laughs> yeah, so I think like you know be, being at a pre prefix conversation and kind of set it up prior to having a conversation, yeah. especially if it's a critical combo. You know, you've been out playing golf with someone on the weekend, and then Monday you got to tell them that they're not performing their role. It's yeah, it's challenging. So, but also not carrying it on. And that's what I learned that from Josh very quickly. Yeah. Like we would have conversations um, about something that I wasn't fulfilling in my role or responsibility I wasn't meeting and we'd have that conversation. But as soon as we left that room, that conversation that's is done. done. Like yeah. there's not, there's no carrying that, that with you or, or carrying a level of, you know, so um, I think obviously communicating is, is, is key and then and just setting those things up properly. Yeah. All right. So what's going to change it a little bit, but what is the dumbest thing you've ever believed? The dumbest thing I've ever believed? <laughs> oh, I think we forget these ones pretty quickly, right? Yeah. We, we don't want to be a fool. The dumbest thing I've ever probably believed is when I was a uh, an apprentice boilermaker, they used to have little tricks that they'd play on the apprentices, the tradesmen, and most of them you know about, right? If you, you're kind of witty, um, I think I am, <laughs> you know them. So the left-handed screwdriver, go get some grinding sparks, you know, from the, from the workshop, um, go get some striped paint, things like that, you know? But there was this day where uh, I had a whole lot of stuff to go get from the store, and the guy gave me this big list of all, everything that he wanted. Uh, and the last thing on the list was a was a six-inch population tool. And yeah. um, so I got up and asked for that. And uh, the, there was a lady working at the store that day. And she, um, I went through the list and said, oh, yeah, and we also want a six-inch population tool. And the bloke cra- the bloke next to her just cracked up laughing. Yeah. So yeah. What's, what's six inches and populates? <laughs> 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 so... Um, that was yeah. That was probably the, the did dumbest. She, did she get it? Uh, I think she did. Yeah, she yeah. did. After I was pretty embarrassed. Yeah. Oh so, my god, I would have died. Um, but you know, I think the, the bloke was a bit of a bit of an old head, and he he kind of been in construction for a long time, so he was straight so on. So they've it, obviously used it. A yeah, few times. they have those things that they get. So you know, you go get a long wait. <laughs> they'll go out the back and just leave you there standing <laughs> so um, there's, oh, <laughs> there's those funny. little tricks that they play so the uh, the six inch population tool is probably the, the, the maybe the dumbest one okay what's your biggest pet peeve pet peeve yeah like thing that annoys me things that make you like instantly angry instantly angry or annoyed yeah or annoyed oh instantly angry or annoyed there's, there's probably a few you know letting people merge and not giving you a wave that one gets oh, me. Yeah, yeah like just, just give us a wave, mate. <laughs> uh, but the biggest one, the biggest one that probably actually really gets to me is people just using my stuff, yeah. you know, without asking, you know. And I don't know where that comes from. I don't know whether it's just because we, um, growing up, we were kind of really taught to look after our things. Like, you know, people kind of, people see me and they go, Mike, you got some new shoes. And I'm like, no, nah, I've had these for a year. They're like, no, you have that pair of white shoes that you've had for literally years. Yeah, so... so I come home and clean them every time. So I really like to look after my things and look after my stuff. But when someone uses something of mine and maybe they didn't ask or that it's not returned in the way that it was taken, that kind of peeves me off a little bit. Um, a lot of whiteboard markers go missing throughout the years. Oh, mate, yeah. Whiteboard markers <laughs> in offices. So there's a few people on the call. They know who they are. They know who they are. Um, but 
and they give me my blue markers. Oh, practicing, practicing patience. Hussa, hussa on those Patience, ones. yeah. Yeah, so. Um, you got Lila testing that out in the kitchen these days. Yeah, so teaching me patience. She's very good. Yeah. She's very good in that part. So um, that's probably one. And then just maybe, you know, stuff left in the sink or... You know, when someone cleans up and they... Here we go. Here's the comes little <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, we're not wiping the benches down. You and your fucking benches. Yeah. Just give it a wipe, mate. It's not that hard. <laughs> yeah, finish the job. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about my pet naked. Yeah. Okay. What are your pet peeves for <laughs> no. me? What are the things I do? Oh, my gosh. Top of the head. <laughs> I okay. reckon I can tell one straight away. Which one? Oh, so you're about to do text it. text message. Pun it? Oh... <laughs> Everyone would have heard that gulp just then. That's <laughs> disgusting. You've got a problem with mouth noises. Yeah, you're like the You never used to make this many before we got married. Okay, so. Then we got married and you're like, oh, well, fucking here we old. go. I'm 30 this year. Come on. So, oh. I thought it was going to be the text message, you know, the zoning out. I'm very good at one thing. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. You have things you need to work on. So, I just don't believe in multitasking. I'm just going to be fully focused here. The thing is, I just get distracted by my phone. You do? Yeah. And then you just, you're trying to talk or have a whole conversation. And, I just and can't you remember. just haven't yeah. even... Not even registered. I don't even try not even gone I'm just like, yeah. sorry, I missed all that. <laughs> <laughs> what is your biggest day-to-day challenge? Biggest day-to-day challenge? My biggest day-to-day challenge, I would say, would, would be staying on task. Like, you know, when you run a business, you've got lots of things pulling you in lots, lots of different directions. Yeah. Most of those things don't need to be addressed at that time. So, you know, as a business owner, it's about identifying what are the most important tasks for you to do today and putting your focuses there. Yeah. So. And when just because I feel like when to switch off, maybe. Yeah, and then so just managing that. So the opposite of that is not being able to manage your tasks and kind of being pulled around in every different direction. And yeah. rather than um, planning your day out properly, you're just kind of responding or reacting to everything that's happened, and that creates a habit where you know I I turn I turn my phone off at work or put it on flight mode a lot or do not disturb because it's just a distraction and you know you're probably gonna say. What? Turn it off when you get home. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like it should be the opposite. Yeah, so, but I, but I, what I think is I do. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if you noticed this year, I'm on my phone a lot less. I, I put it down a lot. Yeah, yeah you're like, no, you don't. And I'm like, yeah, you don't know because you're on your phone. Oh, <laughs> So, but that would be it, saying focused. Yeah. So, what would, what would retirement look like for you? What would retirement look like? Yeah, it's probably not what it's society says like it's not okay 70 last day at work hand in me badge yeah yeah go go collect my super and, and live happily ever after i think i oh i plan to be you know i'm working towards being in a position where i can choose to work yeah. yeah um i think retirement for me is when you get to that point where you've you've built up enough financial security or, or, or wealth that allows you to not maybe have to be committed based on time and actually take some time to think and go, what, what do I want to do? And I think I'll always be doing something, yeah. Well, I was um, going to say, like, do entrepreneurs ever really retire? Um, I feel like you always will be. Yeah, I think, well, like, I get a thrill out of it, right? Like, yeah. People ask me that, you know, I think you ask that question, um, you know, like, what advice would you give to someone to start a business? And, you know, people talk about, you know, follow something you're passionate about. I'm, I'm passionate about entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship for me is just solving problems. Like, that's yeah. what, what business is. Business is you solve a problem and you get paid for it. The bigger the problem is, the more you get paid. Like it's it's it's, it's really that simple. Um, the bigger the problem is, or the more people you can solve it for, the more you, you more you get paid. So, I'm like, I love solving problems. Yeah, it means I'm not good to to come 
tell a soft if story you have to. One, no, that's, yeah, yeah. Uh, or you're just looking for someone to confide in because I'll start offering you solutions pretty quickly, even though you're probably not looking for them. So I'm getting better at that. But so I think for me, I'll always have some problem I'm solving, or I'll be doing something. But that could change a lot. You know, I could see myself 75, 80 years old, running the little cafe. Yeah. Slinging out coffees and eggs, bennies and whatever's on trend then. But you know, uh, cocktails in the evenings. So having a good time and you know have a little hobby maybe a, little, a gym that's a business and i'm still involved in it but it's not really about making money just it's, to keep your mind a, yeah active. it's a passion project and um, <laughs> something that i enjoy doing so yeah. i think i'll always have something to do but i think there will be a time where i'm, I'm you know i'm more focused on on personal stuff and making an impact in in personal areas than just on just on work and there's always a balance of the two at, even at the moment you know yeah. like you know you, you want to make sure that i'm a good good husband obviously for yourself and we work in our relationship I want to make sure that I'm making me happy I want to make sure I'm a good dad uh, and a good friend of my friends and, yeah. and I also want to make sure that I'm a good good um, good business person as well so there's different areas that I'm always like working on there's a on. lot of um, plates to juggle but we've all got them so yeah and there's some people doing it really well so there's no excuses part of the reason to do a podcast is finding people that have got examples and go how do you balance it all how do you make it all work oh. so which you do have a guest coming up on your podcast. Yeah, that I do. Be, so, uh, who's, who's, uh, who would be good to talk to about who's all that stuff? Excelling in this area at the moment. So, <laughs> so we put up a thing on Instagram and asked if anyone had any questions for you. Okay. Because you're so popular. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I've you know, always got you to bring me back to earth. Always. So, okay. Always. I don't know how I'm going. I'm just got nervous. I'm like, what are they going to ask? Um, well, first one. I also want to just say thank you to Jamie and John because they actually asked a couple of good ones. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Jamie and John. Yeah. Um, what is your why? What is my why? Oh. Favorite question. Yeah. It's a tricky question, this one. <laughs> what is your why? I feel like there's so much pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when people ask that. My, my why is, for me personally, I'm like, I just want to see how good I can be. Yeah. I want to see how good I can be as a dad i want to see how good i can be as a, as a husband yeah. i want to see how good i can be as a friend i want to see how good i can be in, in business and um you know those those areas and how you manage them or how you manage sorry how you measure them is is something that we all need to define for ourselves you know and and that's something that's big that i've probably learned over the last few years is that success you know success when we when we grow up, what do we think success is? And it's driving the big, you know, driving the nice car and the big house and going on the lavish holidays and all that sort of stuff. And I think as we grow grow older and we mature, we probably realize those things aren't that important. Like, yeah, they're nice and we all like them, but it, it's for, you know, it's, 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 all, it's all about the moments and the impact that you can have. So for me, like my why is to go and, um, you know, be an amazing example for, for my family um, yeah. and for my community and, make sure that you know that the i guess the you know the, the fingerprint or the footprint that's left behind is is a positive one and it's one worth remembering for the right reasons you know if there's a bit of a bit of family wealth there to give the the kids or the grandkids a bit of a kickstart hey great 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 job but i don't think that's a that's a responsibility that's a, i think that's a good need to lie on your yeah i think it's an outcome yeah. of, of someone maybe having a having a profound impact or having a really positive impact it's not a, it's not about that it's not like you know um yeah because you always want to teach your kids to go out and yeah you know i just think there's there's a lot of great lessons in in hardship yeah and it's not about it's not that i have a 
hard life or anything like that. I love the life that I've had, but I think you need challenges in life. Like they build resilience and they build character and they, they show you who you really are. And if you just, you know, given everything without having to really work hard for it, yeah. uh, which is a hard balance, right? Because you want your kids to have everything you didn't have. I think every parent is the same. Like I remember having conversations with my mum about having new footy boots and having all this different stuff. And she's, you know, if I can afford it, I'll buy it for you. That was kind of the conversation we had. But, and she wouldn't, she would spoil us. And she, she still does it to this day. Like, yeah. And, and all parents are like that. You know, your parents are the same. They want to spoil their children. They want to spoil their grandchildren and all these things. So, but it's getting the balance right between, you know, um, spoiling your kids, but but also teaching them some good moral principles because at the end of the day, they're the legacy that's left after we go. Like that's yeah. that's what it is. So, yeah, I don't, I don't have like a big grand vision of what life is going to look like because I think that changes and there's things that are consistent and there's things that are things that are changing. You know what I mean? There's goals that I had five years ago that aren't goals today and there's goals that I didn't even think of five years ago that are today. So these things always be changing. Yeah. So I think that why is something that consistently evolves. So like, say, um, Lila comes to you in 17 years and says she's a stripper. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah. (laughs) You'd just be like, yeah, you go work your hard shit. Uh... (laughs) It's probably not what I was doing. Earn your own keep. Um, there's definitely other things that are probably tough. But hey, look, you got to do what you got to do, right? So uh, if you're going to be good, be good at it. Um, no, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Really <laughs> I don't really know how to answer that. Okay, so um, yeah, no. Maybe she just really wanted to do it. Yeah, I might just put that on you. Yeah, okay. No. Uh, that's mum's fault. That's mum's one to deal with. <laughs> Um, what advice would you give your younger self? Oh, what advice would you give? Oh, there's, there's probably two parts to this question. I think the first part is everything led me here. Yeah. And I think life's pretty good. Yeah. So. That's what you always say though. You're always like, it's yeah. Well, I think you have a butterfly effect, right? Like if you change one thing, everything changes. So yeah. um, I don't want to take the risk of doing that. But if I gave myself one, one bit of advice, it might just be take more risks. Yeah. Take more risks. <laughs> okay. Okay. Because um, we can all afford to at a young age. Like, you know, uh, I think people can bounce back pretty quickly this day and age. Yeah. Please don't take more risks. <laughs> like we take. Yeah. You have enough crazy that. ideas for Yeah, now. except the, yeah, probably not, really, probably not, yeah, probably not get a $40,000 loan for a car at 19. Yeah. Might not tell myself to do that. That's probably a bit of a mistake. But hey, we live and we learn. We live and learn. Live and learn. Um, tips on starting up a business. Tips on starting a business. I think it's just got to be something that excites you. Yeah, like, and just making sure it's not the it's not the task that excites you, but the concept of, of business that excites you. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, serving people you know, or customers in, in some way, whether it's a product or a service that you're offering and just knowing that it's going to be hard and you're probably going to have lots of naysayers and you need to have a have confidence in yourself and find a good network of people, a good group of people to network with that have got experience beyond what you've got to help you. Because no one gets there alone. You know, yeah. we see people be successful and we think they've got there on their own. They definitely haven't. Yeah, I think people don't realize how hard it is to run a business. Yeah, so you need like-minded people. Yeah. You know, because the, the odds are stacked against you. I think it's 90% of businesses fail in, in Australia within five years. Yeah, that's crazy to me. So, um, it's tough. You know, not, not a whole lot make it. Uh, five years, you've got two more to go. Let's yeah. see how we go. Let's see how we go. We're tracking it right. So, <laughs> um, but who knows? So, uh, but yeah, that would be, I'll be, you know, Make sure, make sure it's something that excites you and not just the idea of what you're doing but the concept of running a business yeah. and then 
which I think everyone should personally. I think everyone should run a business because um, you get rewarded for your value, not just for your time, as, yeah. as you as you would with an employee. But also, yeah, find a group of people to support you um, and can help you and, and network with you, and you can leverage off that. Because myself personally, when I started doing that, that's what I seen good strides in my yeah. own business. Yeah. Um, core values and how have you found they've evolved over the years? Like what are my core values? Yeah, yeah. Like I don't have any. I don't have any major ones like th- things that I live by. Um, I believe in being a good person. You know, um, people throw around the word word integrity, but I, I just believe in being fair and doing right by people. Yeah. You know, the old it's an old cliche, but you know, treat people how you want to be treated. I think that's that's very very true. That's that's probably a big one for me, and you know, like putting putting in a good effort. I think you can hang your hat on that. Like I think for me, a lot of people, you know. They, they judge their, their wins and their losses by the outcome, yeah, rather than the effort or the application. And I think the effort and the application is is what gets the outcome. So for me, it's 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 all about, you know, doing the right thing and then and then doing your, you're putting in your best effort or doing a good job. And you can hang your hat on that. You know, like even when I was playing sport, it wasn't always about winning the game, which most of us measure measure success by in sport. We go, if we, if we won, we won. If we lost, we lost. But sometimes you can play poorly and win and sometimes you can play really well and lose. And life is the same. So um, rather than looking at the tangible scoreboard or metrics at the end of it, you know, core value for me is like, did you put in your best effort? Because if you put in your best effort today and you put in your best effort tomorrow and you do it for enough days, you're going to get there. Yeah. It might take, it, it will take longer than you think. It doesn't matter what it is. Nothing worth coming comes easy, isn't that the word? No. Worth having. Yeah. Yeah, nothing worth <laughs> having comes coming. easy. So. Well, something's worth coming. Uh, well... <laughs> Um, do you have an innie or an Audi? Very interesting question. <laughs> I have like an... You have like I a, have like an innie Audi. It's like an innie, but it's flat. Yeah, it's weird. It's, it's like, like it's if you like a put hole. a 10 said coin in your belly button, it would just sit there flat. Like it's not... Yeah, it's not like a, it's not like an innie innie. Get in the pool, Caitlin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no get in the pool. Um, what would be your biggest whoops moment in your business journey? And what have you learnt from it? My biggest whoops moment. Um, oh, I don't really have. I don't have a whole few. I think. I think maybe we sent some people on a business trip once and didn't book any accommodation for them. That's smart. <laughs> that was a bit of a whoops, but we just called them <laughs> up, put them on the credit cards. Yeah, well, that, that's the worst you're doing. Yeah, I think that's that's it. Touch wood, you're doing yeah. all right. How do you manage stress or self doubt? How do I manage stress or self doubt? Um, they're probably two. They're probably two questions. Yeah, the stress one. I just try and put things in perspective. Yeah. You know, um, I think very much when we're stressed out, we're very much you're probably in the moment, or the, or, or we're we're leading up to the moment where maybe something due or something has to be done, or we're not going to hit a deadline or a target or something like that. And I think that's where we get that overwhelming feeling of stress. So I just put it all into perspective, and I go, look, I just give myself a time frame big enough, and go, will this really matter? Yeah, like even coming you to doing this. You always say that. Yeah, I go even coming to this podcast, right? Things will work out. Yeah, like the, and that's that <laughs> reckless optimism I spoke about. Yeah. But um, if I go even coming to this podcast to go, you know, what's it going to be like? Are we feeling pressured? Are you getting nervous? I go, we're always going to get that. And that's good because sometimes it gets gets things, you know, um, you perform a little bit better or you perform at a bit of a higher level or you bring a bit of extra energy into something. Uh, yeah. But in five years, will today's podcast really matter? Probably not. 
right? No. You know, so um, I try and put things in the context. Once I die and then you always just want to remember my boys. But it is a positive. Yeah, because we didn't do the podcast, we wouldn't have it. So. This, is, this is a prime example of how both our minds work. Yeah, we're a bit of yin, we're yin and yang. Optimistic. We're yin and yang, yeah. And by the odd chance I lose my attitude, Caitlin's all positive. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you've got to have uh, one or the other. Yeah, and then the other one's probably self-doubt. How do I manage self-doubt? I think you just need to, you know... Um, you need to construct positive positive thoughts in your head. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a there's a feedback loop that is, you know, whatever you uh, whatever you think you feel and however you feel you act and however you act, that's your your that's how you get results or outcomes, and then results or outcomes feed thoughts and then thoughts feed feelings and then feed feelings lead actions and it goes in this cycle. So um, generally, when you have self doubt, there's been a recurring thought pattern, either your own or someone else's. Um, that's probably put that there. So I just make sure that I, I positive self-talk and you've seen me talk to myself. Yeah. You know, um, it is said that it's more intelligent. Yeah. <laughs> People that talk to themselves are a high, of higher intellect. Is, is that how, is that? It's apparently, yeah. So um, I only listen to the studies that support my narrative. So. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, I'm, yeah, so that, that's that's a big one. And then I just make sure that I'm doing the, 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 the things daily that are going to lead me to be success, successful. So, if I'm doing the right things, yeah. I'm confident in myself that I'm going to get the right outcome and, and that gives me a lot of confidence, you know? So rather than getting caught up in the big picture and how good I've got to be, I know that the 50th podcast I'm going to run is so much better than this one today. Oh, yeah. But I have to run this one today to get there. Yeah. So I'm not getting too caught up in it. Yeah. Yeah, so... What's um, that quote? You're, you're a bit of a quotes guy. That quote you say... Um, it's like about... Is it anxiety to Oh, about mental... Yeah. Yeah. So... Um, and mental health is a big issue. I'm not trying to, to discredit it at all. Um, oh. And there's a whole lot of awareness and stuff being raised at the moment as well. But yeah. there's there's a saying which is anxiety is living in the future and depression is living in the past. So you yeah. have to stay in the present. Like, So I think, you know, for me, it's always I'm trying to stay in the moment and not get too caught up in a week's time, a month's time, six months' time, 12 months' time. And I'm not getting too worried about what happened three months ago or yesterday or yeah. even in the last, in the fleeting minutes. And that was something that working in sales taught me. Because you get told no a lot, but you can't take no into the next customer. Because if yeah. you take the no in, because I've just been told no 10 times, the customer doesn't know that, but sometimes they can sense it. And we, we yeah. can sense that in sales. When we smell a salesperson getting desperate or getting pushy and rude and all these different things that we don't like, it's generally because they're, they're losing their attitude. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, and I had my plenty of opportunities to lose my attitude and I lose my attitude a lot and still do. Um, I'm just better at identifying it, getting it back quicker. Yeah. So, uh, you know, managing self-doubt is is doing the little things right you know because normally what happens is when we doubt ourselves it, it creates fear of, of something that's going to happen or something's going to come up and then and then fear paralyzes us so rather rather than continue we just stop yeah like we just procrastinate and we just stop doing everything yeah, yeah? And, and we never get there so it's like self-fulfilling We're like oh i wasn't going to achieve that thing or i can't do this so yeah and then it's, it's self-sabotage so yeah, I'm making sure that I'm just feeding myself with positive thoughts and then surrounding my, my, myself with people that are very supportive as well. You know, yeah. um, you were very supportive in me when I chose to change my career. Yeah, and I know it oh, must I have been tough. past tense here. Yeah, so. <laughs> you were very supportive of me. Yeah, you still no. are. Yeah, you still are. So. Yeah, when you wanted to move. When you wanted to move. You're again. always wanting to move. Always wanting to move. So, 29 houses we've, well, I've lived in You've 29 lived in years of my life. life yeah. So. Push it 30. We move on once more before September. It'll be 30 for 30. Well, you don't need to do it before. You've still got a whole year then of being 30. Yeah, very true. Very true. Don't, don't 
don't restrict yourself <laughs> and don't make me move yet. <laughs> I won't. I won't. Who are your biggest influences for personal growth? My biggest influence is personal growth. Um, oh, I, I get them from I get them from everywhere. I think, yeah. you know, self education is forever. You know, I I, th- I think there is a really big problem with not everybody. You know, but a lot of people in society think that when school stops, education stops, or when or when university stops, education stops, and and it's a big mistake. Yeah, because um, it's very rare that you your your ability to be able to impact the world or people or, you know, a marketplace and get rewarded for it financially or whatever it is, is usually linked to your education and that education needs to be self-education. So, um, there's different places I go to. Obviously, I've got some mentors and coaches that are, that are very impactful for me, you know, um, Josh is a big one who we've mentioned and, and, you know, and Dan and a few other guys and the other thing is I just go, you know, some people get really motivated by lots of different people. I generally go deep on kind of one person yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, the thing, the thing that I like so much about it is you there's people. Deep on. Yeah. Like, I, no, I just stick on them. I'm not like there's 50 different people that I'm following on Instagram and listening to their podcast yeah. and, and all these different things. I'm like, I just really stick to to one, um, and we'll kind of learn everything that, that they're trying to deliver. And most people have one core message, and the rest of it kind of around it's kind of regurgitated information from other places. Like, no different to, to reading a book. You go buy a business book. There's probably probably 30 pages of really good stuff in there. And then the other 200 pages is just stuff they've said before written in a different way because no one's going to pay $20 for a 30-page book. Like, that's just what it what it's like. So, I always look for, you know, different resources and different people to, to help me with education, but I usually stick on one person for, you know, three months, four months, five months, six months, and then and then switch to the next person. So, yeah. um, different ventures I've got at the moment, a lot of the digital space. So, I'm learning a lot about digital and online marketing and... Mm-hmm. Um, building digital sales funnels, all the different stuff. So the guy's a guy named Russell Bronson. That's just who I'm following at the moment and following all his stuff oh, and consuming Russell. it. So they're the videos you hear at late at night, yeah, on the computer. <laughs> no, I've been having nightmares. <laughs> yeah, no. So, uh, and the book I'm reading, so. Um, is it in proportion? Who <laughs> <laughs> asked that question? Your mate, Dan Crossy. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Of course, course he Dan. wants to know. No. Yeah. <laughs> When you first started sales, what was your prime source of motivation? Uh, when I first started in sales, my prime source, my, my, I think just seeing, yeah, seeing how good other people were and wanting to be as good. Yeah. Yeah, like that was my, I was motivated by that. Like I was motivated by the evidence of other people. I think, I think we can look at other people in two different ways. Like sometimes we can look at other people and and, and feel resentful towards them. Like, mm-hmm. oh, well, yeah, they're really lucky. You know, they got this and I didn't, but. Thankfully, I... Um, what do you, you always say? Comparison is the thief of joy. Comparison is the thief of joy, right? So, you know, <laughs> Another quote you always throw that, about. Yeah, that's one, that's one of my favourites. So <laughs> that... I, I always look at other people and get inspired by them. Like yeah. I, I, I love to see other people doing well and other people you know, putting themselves out there. And when I started in sales, it was the top performing salespeople in the country uh, or the, in the company, sorry, and then it was in the state and then it was in the world and... I was always looking for like that next person. Wow, because yeah, it changes your concept of what is possible. Yeah. You know, like... Um, it motivates you to... Yeah, yeah. So, to, to, to go and do that as well. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it was my biggest sort of motivation in studying in sales was just the examples around me. You know, I think you always need to have examples wherever they are. The cool thing is we've got technology now that can give us examples in anything, but you want to see someone doing, doing well to, to kind of raise your game. Yeah, I feel like you get that from all kind of like all kind of areas though like it doesn't even need to be in something you're doing 
like you mentioned the other day, how cool it was seeing people like even Jamie Lee, who's doing. Yeah, it doesn't matter what it is. Yeah, yeah. like I just take, I just say I'm looking. For, yeah, I just take inspiration from everybody. I think you can find inspiration in lots of places. Yeah. You know, I I think it's really important to remain. You know, um, childish isn't the word, but you know, kids are in awe of everything. Yeah. You know, um, kids have amazing imaginations and they get inspired by like the simplest, the simplest things, you know? So, but for me, like anyone who's going after it, yeah. everyone who's putting themselves out there, those two things that I spoke about, like anyone who's being good to people yeah. and putting in a good effort, I'm like, that for me is inspiring because yeah. they're the things that are important to me. So it's not about the outcomes. It's not about, you know, it doesn't need to be anything particular, but if you're putting yourself out there or you're doing something and, you, and you're kind of having a go, I'm like, well done, you know? And I want to, clap and support for those those people yeah yeah um top or bottom top or bottom yeah what do you mean what do you think i mean top or bottom <laughs> <laughs> you can probably answer that one better than me <laughs> well, I'm the one else got the question. <laughs> oh. <Not joking. laughs> uh, would you rather be without elbows or without knees without elbows why because i can slap you still <laughs> <laughs> Go back in time or visit the future? Oh, future. Mm. Would you, okay, would you rather fight Mike Tyson or have to talk like him for the rest of your life? Final. <laughs> My back is broken. <laughs> Final. <laughs> um, so that's, I'd fight him. You'd fight him? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Him now, me now. I think I'd still get owned, but. Oh, but you, at least you can say you fought my tie. It's a badge of honour. <laughs> adult mind in a child's body or child's mind in an adult's body? Child's mind in an adult's body. Yeah, I feel like that's pretty... I think it's pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Die peacefully in five years or horribly in 15? Horribly in 15. Really? I guess you'll die so you won't remember it, will you? Would you rather do your mum or your dad? <laughs> I'm not answering that question. <laughs> Why not? That's horrible. Why would you say that? Would you rather do your mum or your dad? Seriously, get the fuck out of the room. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Uh, it means the world to me. I just want to say that if you liked the episode, uh, please like and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. Uh, and if you'd like to subscribe to our email as well to keep in touch, definitely do that. Head to mikewithmike.com.au. Uh, also want to say a big ups to my co-host today, who's my wife, Caitlin. Uh, thanks so much for joining me. Uh, you definitely quelled the nerves quite quickly and got right into it. Uh, and we've seen a few of your uh, true colors showing through as well uh, with how your mind thinks. But... Uh, until next time, guys, be legendary.